Join us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. We're going to be uh, doing our Bible study tonight on Ephraim Exchange. Man, excuse me. The Believer's Authority. Excuse me. We're on Wednesday night. And then uh, by Andrew Womack. And we'll be in chapter 13 tonight, How to Pray for the Lost. So we'll get there in just a moment. Just so you know, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we also want to say thank you to all those who have partnered with us within this ministry. And we, uh, just so you know, you can do all that through our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as uh, on the, on, through our website on the bottom of each page. Well, first of all, if you go to the Give give section of the page, you can give online. And then if you want to send us uh Something to the mail. You can always do that. On the, on the footer of every page uh, is our mailing address. Okay, and you can do that no matter what country you're from on either platform. And so, uh, anyway, uh, thank you for those who have been faithful in doing so. Anyway, we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on how, uh, the Believer's Authority, and we're talking about the Believer's Authority. And what we talked about last chapter, and I think we spent a couple of weeks on it. You know, we would kind of uh, talk about prayer, and it's, it may come across to some people from a negative sense, but that was not our point. That was not our objective. We were we were uh, challenging the concept that some people, when they're praying for a loved one or a loss, they'll pray, pray that God would save them. But that's not how God told us to pray for them. And we're going to get into more specifics about that today. But we're supposed to go, go preach the gospel. We're supposed to, we're commissioned to go uh, make disciples of all nations. In other words, another way of looking at it that we talk about is people are not going to get saved because we prayed for them. People are going to get saved because someone preached the gospel to them. Jesus told us that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Okay, There's many people who are ready to be saved and want to be saved. But we need to preach the gospel. Maybe we're not the one to preach the gospel to them. Maybe we are. But if, but we're supposed to pray that God would send laborers to them. And so uh, we're going to get more specifics how to pray for the lost. In other words, one thing that we were challenging last chapter is that some people, in some, one, another way of saying it has been more of a cop-out to only pray for the lost and not minister to people. And they're not going to get saved because we prayed for them. They're going to get saved because they hear the gospel, believe the gospel, and are saved. Okay? So are we saying that we just can't pray for the lost at all? No, we're going to be talking about that tonight. And we're going to be talking about that in this chapter, how to pray for the lost. But, with the point we were making last chapter, that people must hear the gospel, believe the gospel, uh, to be saved. They must believe on Jesus. Okay? And it's not... Uh, it's not um, angels are going to preach the gospel to them. They're not going to hear it by osmosis. The last chapter was uh, titled, Be a Witness. We've been, because we're, we're talking about believers' authority. And we have authority to be a witness. Do we have authority to pray? Yes. We have a connection with our Father. <coughs> Excuse me. And Jesus told us how to pray, how we can pray to our Father who, who is in heaven. But there's a right way to pray and there's a wrong way to pray. Or maybe I should say it this way. There's a, there's a way to pray and there's a better way to pray. Okay? And so we're going to be talking about... How, so we're going to talk about our authority, but we're going to talk about how do we, how do we pray for the lost? Because we kind of counter some things, but we didn't necessarily uh, give attention how do we do it. And so we're not, we're not, by, we're not attacking prayer, and we're not talking praying for the lost. But we, there's a right way, there's a biblical way to pray for the lost. And we're going to be talking about that this lesson. And then next lesson, we're going to be talking, our next chapter, we're going to be talking about how does revival come. So we're eventually going to be going in that direction a little bit too. And but keep in mind, as we're talking about praying for the lost, we're talking about believers' authority. So we'll find out, you know, just like we, one illustration I keep saying over and over again, just like a cop, a cop, a police officer, you know, has authority. And depending on who he got the badge from will depend on where his jurisdiction is. Here in the United States, a city cop 
from one city does not have jurisdiction in another city, okay? Uh, a county sheriff does not have a jurisdiction in one county, uh, in one county and also in another, okay? A state police does not have uh, authority in, in one state, in multiple states at the same time. You know, a uh, there's also U.S. Marshals and there's federal officers. They don't have jurisdiction in other countries, okay? Uh, and so... My point is that when we're talking about authority, we need to know how, what authority we have and how do we use it. Because if we don't use authority properly, it won't work. Okay, it will be actually counterproductive. And so we want to use authority properly because we want to be effective in praying for the lost. That's what we're talking about right now. There's a lot of aspects of believers' authority. <coughs> Excuse me, but we want to win the lost. We. Time is short, and we want to see people get saved. We want to see some of our loved ones get saved, if they're not. How do we pray in that direction with our authority? We're going to be talking about that beginning of the night. So, anything you want to add to that, Sherry? You know, I, the one thing I appreciate about Andrew is he, yes, he does bunk uh, some things, some religious things that we all have in somehow or another uh, got it in our heads either by a wrong teaching or just how we received uh, and taken things but he always explains what works and he's not he's doing it out of personal testimony all of Andrew's books tell of uh what he's personally gone through, his relationship with the Lord, uh, how he would pray and pray and pray for people and not see results. And then he finally got the revelation through just God speaking to him through God's word, which is was basically Andrew's foundation of just seeking God and finding out what uh, works and doesn't. But he's sharing with us what works you know dave uh, mentioned about how last week we were talking about how people are praying for god to do something for god to save someone and we've we've kind of and i'm putting myself in there because i grew up thinking this for whatever reason always thinking that god had to do something that god needed to save people well, he did. He mm -hmm. saved people through Jesus Christ at the cross. He sent his only beloved son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What we as the church, as mankind in general, have kind of lost sight of is salvation was accomplished through the cross it was provided for us at the cross, but we have to receive it. You know, growing up, I came from a family with six kids, and almost every night my mom made dinner for all of us. And yes, we ate dinner together. It wasn't just one person here and one person there. She made dinner for all of us, but she didn't go find us wherever we were and start spoon feeding us. We all had to, when dinner was announced, and um, one of us would always help my mom. We had different chores uh, each, each day, and one of them, one of the chores was that mom wouldn't have to cook dinner alone, uh, but that's besides the point. The point is, she provided dinner, uh, but we all had to come to the, the, to the table and partake of it. And Jesus isn't going to go to the cross again and again and again. He only had to go one time for all. Uh, that, that's what I love about um, Paul's uh, teachings especially is he clearly says that there was one sacrifice and it accomplished for everything. Uh, I, I got to rein myself in from going off on other teaching tangents. But salvation, my point is salvation was provided for all man, every man. And when I say man, I'm not 
saying male species only of the human race. I am talking about mankind, male and female. So, God did do his part. He provided the only way of salvation, was, which was through Jesus Christ. We have a part to play for receiving it, but the only way we're going to receive it, like Dave said, is if the gospel is preached. You know, I remember my own salvation story. I, I was a young child. We were having a Bible study uh, in my parents' home, and I remember people sitting around uh, the living room and my dad standing up in front of the fireplace and and teaching and he preached the gospel and as a child I listened and received and I believed and uh, that was my salvation story other people same thing they had to hear the gospel preached you know Dave brought up last week about uh, I believe it was Cornelius, right? He's the one that the angels told him in a dream to, uh, I'm probably twisting some of the story, but the angel's going to preach to Cornelius. He had to go send for Peter in a different town and ask Peter, please come and preach the gospel to me. And Peter obeyed the Lord and he preached the gospel and Cornelius uh, was saved. And there's a, another verse which I didn't have time to look up. I believe it's Paul saying uh, words to this effect that how could they be saved unless they hear the word preached? How, how can someone preach unless they are sent? That's why, like Dave said, we were to pray for laborers because we need to be sent out. Jesus clearly says for us to go and make disciples. He, he doesn't say sit home and pray, which... Again, prayer is important. We are not saying don't pray. We are just echoing Andrew. In Andrew's uh, other teaching, there's a better way to pray. But there is a commission for all of us to share the gospel wherever we are at, wherever we are called to do. I just want to piggyback real quick, and I want to get into the lesson. Uh, but uh, when Terry's talking about how God, Jesus has saved the world, two verses come to mind. I'm just going to read them real quick. First one is First John chapter two, verse two, and He Himself, talking about Jesus, is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. The second one is in Second Corinthians chapter five, verse nineteen. That is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. My point I'm trying to make right now, Jesus already died for the whole world. He's already provided salvation for the whole world. Is the whole world saved? No. Why? Because they haven't reconciled themselves to him. They haven't believed him. They haven't heard the gospel, or they haven't believed the gospel they heard. Okay? Uh, and so you can't, you can't have faith without the word. We're all about prayer. We're going to be talking about that right now as we're going to get into the lesson. But Jesus is not going to die again and again. He's already provided salvation. We need to hear it. We need to hear about the salvation and believe it and receive it. We have, a, we have two choices when we hear the gospel. We can receive it or we, we can reject it. Okay? But you can't receive or reject something you haven't heard. Okay? And so... Um, and so just because you heard it once doesn't mean you can't hear it again. And it never gets old. I mean, if you think the gospel gets old, then I, I question whether you actually heard it or not. Because uh, it doesn't get old. It's like, a, it's like a bag of potato chips. You just can't have one. You want more. Even if you have self-discipline and temperance, you still want more. <laughs> okay. You can. Anyway, I want to get into the lesson. Okay. And that's so uh, anyway. Um, Amen. how to pray for the loss. I'd like to share with you some biblical ways to effectively pray for a lost person. This kind of prayer is like water. Once the seed of God's word is planted, it must be watered. Prayer isn't a substitute for planting a seed. You can water barren ground all you like, but it won't produce a harvest. You must plant the seed of God's word for people to be born again. 
However, these are some good ways to pray and water the seed that's been planted. As you start praying for a lost person, you need to recognize that God loves them infinitely more than you do. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3:16. The Lord doesn't want any lost person to perish, but to repent, turn to him, and enjoy everlasting life. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men, men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 In light of these truths, you should start praying for a lost individual by thanking God, saying, Father, I thank you that you love this person so much that you gave your only begotten son for them. It's not your will for them to perish, but to come to repentance and turn to you. I thank you, Lord, that you've already provided for their salvation. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John 2.2 2. God not only loves the whole world, but he's already died for the sins of the whole world. He's already paid for them. The person who goes to hell is going there with their sins paid for. The reason they go to hell is that they reject the payment. They refuse to believe and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's pause here. So, uh, Andrew's uh, actually reiterating some of the things we just talked about. But one of the things he talked about at the beginning here, you know, you can water the ground all you want. You know, uh, there's the principle of, uh, of watering by the word. And, um, you know, we can you can water the ground all you want, but if there's no seed there. Uh, nothing's going to grow unless there's some some uh, scattered seed of some wheat, some weed, or what something else going on. If you want, a, a farmer doesn't just water the ground. The ground he plants a seed and waters the seed. He waters the ground that ha contains that seed. Okay, and so he, again, just reiterating what we talked about earlier, what we talked about last chapter. Um, you know, people don't get saved. Just by a prayer, the seed of God's word need to be planted in them. The second thing he just reiterates what we've talked about already. He quoted First John two two, which I quoted a minute ago. How he Jesus is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the for, for the sins of the whole world. And he goes on to say how a person who goes to hell <coughs> is going there with their sins paid for. But the reason they go to hell is because they reject the payment. Okay? So you're, I mean, no one is going to... You're going to go... I, I just want to get this clear. You, when we stand before God one day, either we accepted Jesus or we rejected Him. There's no, there's, there won't be any middle ground. Everyone has had an opportunity. Okay? Now, some people have had more opportunities than others. Some have had better teaching than others. Some have had better laborers than others, in some sense. But everyone has had an opportunity. The Bible is clear about that. Okay? Now, people can disagree, but I'm going to go with the Bible on that. Okay? But, uh, we, you know, we need to pray for laborers. We need to for we need, and we're, that's where we're going in the next section, laborers across the path. You know, we just, uh, but the point we're trying to make right now is that we, we don't, prayer in one sense is water. <laughs> but you can't water just barren ground. We can pray that God will send laborers. And we can pray that when they've heard the gospel, we can water that seed with prayer in the sense that, Lord, I pray that you just bring, Holy Spirit, bring that scripture that they've heard, that seed to the remembrance. It's a seed. Do not underestimate the power of a seed. Someone who's heard the gospel might be living in sin, but if that seed is in them, you know, it's still in the thinker. The Holy Spirit can still work. They have a choice to reject it. They have a choice to uh, ignore the Holy Spirit and reject the Holy Spirit. But that seed is powerful. 
and but they can't reject something they have never heard okay and some people reject the gospel in the sense that they don't so, so much reject <coughs> the message although they may some people are rejecting the messenger what I mean by that because the, the way people are trying to shove it down their throats the way they're trying to be they're not presenting the gospel they are pushing the gospel kind of like a salesman they're trying to push it on them I don't know about you but I don't like salespeople like that I will walk out of the store and if they give me an attitude I'll give them an attitude back and I I'm not probably not your best customer if you're trying to sell me. But if you treat me with respect and respect me, and sometimes if I'm looking for a car or furniture or whatever, allow me to look. Okay, uh, don't be don't be pushing it down my throat. Don't, you know, I had someone. I've, I've had this one person call several times. They only let it ring like one time. They never leave a voicemail. Finally, I was able to answer the call before they hung up. <laughs> And they were, they were just trying to sell, trying to get me to get a, get a loan. And they're like, I, I'm like, you know what? I just cut them off before I got their second sentence through. I said, I'm not interested in the loan. You keep calling. You don't leave a message. You don't even have the audacity to leave a message. Um, stop wasting my time. And I actually have a way to block them so they're not going to be calling again. But they're just pushing. They don't, you know, it's a wrong approach. You know, uh... If I was looking for a loan, maybe I'd be a little more interested. But, you know, if you're going to waste my time calling, at least leave a message. You know? Uh, uh, but anyway, it's just... Uh, but my point was, is I don't like pushy people. And some people, when they're trying to reach people for the law, trying to preach the gospel, they're pushing it on them. No one's going to respond to that positively. No one wants that. You know, and... and, and, and it, the message may be true, the message may be genuine, but the approach, you know, uh, there's a right and wrong way to scatter seed. There's a right and wrong way to farm, okay? If you want, if you want that farm or that garden to be productive, there's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. Some things are just, you know, we're the salt of the earth, but sometimes we're just way too salty, <laughs> you know? Uh, we got the right message, but... You know, just uh, sometimes there's some mannerism and respect. And I know with different cultures, this could be a little different in different cultures. And how they, you know, when we go on a mission trips, and we've gone on mission trips, we usually have a uh, uh, those who go with us who, who know the culture. And usually we'll have a debriefing before we go. And just knowing that there's some things that if we do a certain thing or do, do a certain mannerism, it's offensive to people. So, you know, if you're going to try to preach the gospel and witness to people, you need to know what's respectful and not respectful. You know, the, uh, same thing with some of the people from other countries. There's, there's a right and wrong way how to respect those in America. You know, so, uh, and I'm not trying to say this to step on any toes, uh, but some, some approach of some people who reach out to us for uh, in ministry, you know, it's, it's, it's rude. And to in our culture, and so you might not mean to be rude. You're not trying to be rude, but some of the ways that some people do some things are, are to me, they're rude. Uh, you know, just the way they they're, they're pushing for me to respond to them. Uh, you know, I get or my messenger, I get people messaging me every second of the day and day and night. You know, I got thousands of them. I can't listen. I can't. Even begin to read them all, and most of them are asking for money. And uh, you know, if, I mean, I'm ministering to you, and you're asking me for money. There's something wrong with that, you know. I will get people sometimes on 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 a, on a message like this in the comments asking for money. You know, I mean, to me that's extremely rude. You know, that, that's like coming in my house and asking for money. It just it, that's wrong. That's out of place. Okay, I don't even know you. Uh, and so, um, I'm, there's a time and place to ask for money. There's a time and place to ask for outreach. But not in someone else's house. Not uh, on someone else's timeline. Not in, uh, in, in, in just, in, to me, that's rude. The, the message might be right. The message might be genuine. But, uh, you know, respect the speaker. Respect the one who's speaking. 
respect, you know, no, no. And my, I'm not trying to get make a message out of that. I'm just like, we want to reach the lost, but sometimes the way that we are trying to reach them is pushing them away. Versus, you know, salt. If you put too much salt, people don't want it. But if you put the right amount of salt, people want more. And so we should make people thirsty for the gospel, not sour towards the gospel. And so anyway, I get a little off topic, but I hope you got my heart. And you know, everyone has different giftings and different personalities that work with their circle of influence. And when I say circle of influence, I'm talking about the circle of people that are in their life. Where we are, we, Dave and I, we have our neighbors. Uh, I have co-workers um, with my, my main job. I, I, I have family, you know, we, we have ministry. The people that we touch in those areas, and those aren't the only ones, that's our, what I, what I call, circle of influence. Everyone has that. You know, when Billy Graham uh, was alive and he had his crusades, he had a certain way that he uh, brought the gospel uh, to to share, to, to teach, to, to preach, to, to witness. And it worked for him because that was who he is and that's how God made him to be. We had a friend years ago when we lived, I think it was in Illinois, she would get up into anybody's face and just be blunt and tell it like it is. And people received that. If, if I tried to do that, I would have offended people right and left. And please hear me, I'm not going against what Dave just said. There is a right wrong way to uh, share the gospel. And if we're just attacking, that's what we're, we're cautioning against. There are times when we do need to speak up and mm -hmm. say, this is the gospel. And I will always encourage if... The Holy Spirit is putting something on your heart and keeps putting it in front of your face. By golly, you go by the Holy Spirit's promptings. There are times when he has led Dave and I to reach out to someone, to um, say a specific something something to them or, or uh, however it might be. And that's what they needed in the moment. When we are witnessing, we need to heavenly, heavily rely on the Holy Spirit. Uh, Dave knew someone, we've brought this up before, that he went out uh, sharing the gospel and he got rejected right and left by different people. But there was someone he ministered to who was like, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. And by golly, the Holy Spirit had told this uh, young man, Ask them if they want to receive the Lord. Even though they keep rejecting, ask them. And he asked, and they and they changed completely their demeanor and everything. They're like, yes, I do want to receive the Lord. I don't know why out of their mouth kept saying no, no, no. But the, this young man was prompted by the Holy Spirit to keep at it. And sometimes we are to do that. Uh... And yes, sometimes we have to keep our mouth shut. But the, if, and please hear my heart, if it doesn't bother you that people are going to hell, I, I really don't know what to say right now because it should bother us that people are going to hell. And if, and if we're, if we're not preaching the, the gospel, then it, it uh, th that's, that's really sad. It's like we're okay that people are going to hell. We should not be okay with it. Jesus himself, the Son of God, the Lord of Lords,
commissioned all of us to go out and preach the gospel. That it, He doesn't want anyone to perish, but he does have it mandated, so to speak. I'm not sure that's the exact word I'm looking for, that we are to do something with this gospel. We are to preach and share it. Amen. 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 All right, uh, let's read some more. Laborers across the path. Right there, Pat. You can continue praying. Father, I thank you that you've already made provision. Jesus, you were the atoning sacrifice for everyone's sins, not only those who believe, but also those who are lost. So, Father, I thank you that you want them to be saved, and you've already provided for their salvation. Then you can take your authority and start speaking things that need to happen. Since God has to flow through a person, you can pray according to Romans 10, 17 and say, Father, your word says that faith comes by hearing your word. So I'm praying that your word will come across their path. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Matthew 9, 38. Then pray, I ask that you would send forth laborers across their path. I believe that right now someone is coming to them to share your word. If they're in a bar, let their preacher walk in and give them the gospel. If they're at home watching television, I pray that they would come across the word being presented in a program. If they're driving their car, let them turn the radio on to someone sharing the good news. Father, I ask you to send laborers across their path at their job. May a co-worker sit down next to them and start telling them how much you love them and how they can be born again. This is powerful. And this is how Jesus told us to pray for the lost. Again, he quotes from Matthew 9, 38. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. That is a perfect, awesome way to pray for the lost. I'm not saying there's some other things we can't pray uh, like we've been trying to mention already. But, and Andrew mentioned some prayers here. Uh, you know, Father, your word says uh, faith comes by hearing your, hearing your word. So I'm praying that your word will come across their path. And so some labor, whether that be they see a billboard, whether that see they see some bumper sticker, whether they see, uh, whether they turn on the radio or TV to uh, uh, someone preaching the gospel, or whether someone sits down with them or they meet someone in the marketplace or whatever it might be. If they gotta have someone uh, chase their chariot, like uh, Philip, I know we don't have chariots today, but still, uh, you know, uh, if someone has to be, you know, translated like Philip from the Ethiopian eunuch to the uh, to Samaria, he was translated, you know, so be it. <coughs> Excuse me. Whatever it might be, you know, I've seen children preach the gospel to people and them get saved. I've seen a five-year-old lay hands on a, on a, 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 a blind person and they get their sight. God can use children out of the mouth of babes, the Bible says. You know, and so we need to, don't limit God, you know, and but someone to come across their path. Someone that they work with. Someone that they come across the path. So they can hear the gospel. Okay? And so that's how we're to pray. Pray again. I just love this verse. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Jesus is Lord of the harvest. Okay? I know there's a God of this age, but Jesus is Lord of the harvest. Okay? Light is stronger than darkness. Love is stronger than hate. Life is stronger than death. And so, uh, I'm going with God. Excuse <coughs> me. Let me finish reading the verse. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. It's not your harvest. It's his harvest. And he's the farmer. He's a, he's a, he's going to send the laborers. And if he's got to send someone and send them again, you know, if he's got to send a pastor into a bar, if he's got to send someone somewhere, somehow, let it be so. You know? And, and don't limit God. And pray for the heart. You know, keep praying. Keep praying that God will send laborers. Send them again. Maybe send them a bunch of laborers. You know, they get hit with someone at work. They get someone at Walmart. They get someone in the marketplace. They get someone at the bank. They get someone here. They get someone there. No matter where they, where they turn on the TV, it just gets turned, whatever they go. 
Rich game bombarded, not in a manipulative way, not in a pushy way like I was describing a minute ago, but that God just is just bombarding with laborers. And the best laborers are those who are showing love because it's by his goodness that they lead them to repentance. You know, I'm uh, I actually have two two stories um, involving me that, that go along with what we're talking about. Uh, I'll tell the not-so-pleasant one first. Um, I used to have a job as a caregiver where I would go into the elderly's homes to help take care of them. And one of, uh, one of, one of the homes that I went into, uh, all of the caregivers were warned, just so you know, the husband of the woman you'll be caring for uh, we'll, we'll share his religion with you. And so uh, I, I went in not knowing, I, I guess naive of what they were talking about. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't Christianity. That's all I can say. Uh, I, I don't want to offend anyone, so I'm not going to share, but it was not Christianity. And uh, there is a uh, moment of time, say an hour, when the, the, the wife was um, taken care of. She was having a nap, and so as a, as a caregiver, I, um, I had a, a brief moment to do whatever needed to be done, but the, the husband uh, wanted to share his religion, and uh, he tried to prove it with his facts and different things, and uh, he, he wasn't argumentative, but uh, I, I walked away feeling like he had tried to shoot down what I believed. Uh, you know, he, he tried to, but I had a firm enough faith where I could counter with the Word of God what I believed and why I believed. And in a sense, I got to witness back because of his arguments. Uh, he didn't get anywhere. Um, but I, I did get to share my faith, which now I can look back and say, well, at least I got to do that. Uh, but in the moment, I walked away feeling like I had just been through battle. Uh, on the, the So that there's one way of shoving it down uh, someone else's uh, throat and kind of uh, uh, ambushing them. But on an, uh, another hand, um, I got a wrong number at a text conversation and uh, this person was trying to find whoever they were looking for. God had put this person on their heart and they were reaching out and they were sharing the gospel and they were saying, you know what, you've been on my heart. I've been praying for you. I just want to know that God loves you. You know, Jesus uh, died for you and he just, he loves you so much. I mean, the, uh, I, I had to to intervene and say, you know, I don't think I'm the person that you're looking for because I don't know you. Uh, everybody I know is saved on my phone. But hallelujah, I, I say praise God to your message because what you have, this person needs to hear. And we had the loveliest conversation. Don't know this person. They don't know me. But they shared the, the gospel in such a loving caring wonderful way um it, it was just i mean i i went around with the with a smile on my face for the rest of the day even though i i am already born again because like dave said earlier hearing the gospel should uh melt you all over again um but the, there is uh, to, to go back on the previous chapter and what Andrew's trying to get, to get across, there's a, uh, there is a certain way to pray for the lost. There's a, a certain way to, to uh, witness because of the mandate that Jesus gave us. But I love, uh, I love how Andrew says that we can pray according to Scripture and say something like, Father, your word says that faith comes by hearing, hearing your word. So I'm praying that your word will come across their path. Um, 
you know, praying for laborers is a good thing, but don't forget that you are one of the laborers. Yeah. 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 It's, I go on, uh, remember the word. Pray that the word they've already heard will come back to their remembrance. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John fourteen twenty six. Say, Father, I pray that the word they heard when they were a kid in Sunday school would come back to them. Somehow they must receive the incorruptible seed of the word. Then offer yourself as a vessel. It's very ineffective to pray, Oh God, send laborers across their path if you're not willing to be one. If you have an opportunity to tell them the truth, take it. I recognize that in certain instances and for whatever reason, that person may have just totally cut you off. Maybe there are certain things that this person won't let you talk to them about. However, if you can speak to them, then do so. If I was praying for God to bring the word to someone and then as I was praying, the Lord said, you go talk to them, I would stop my prayer right there and go talk to that person. Maybe I'd have to call them on the phone, but somehow I would act on God's leading right then. I wouldn't pray about it anymore until I had done as he instructed me to do. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. As I, I was reading this, I remember um, this was back when I was a teenager or young adult. I didn't have the, the knowledge and revelation that I do now, even though I did love the Lord. But I remember being very burdened for a family member and approaching my older sister about that concern. And I was... You know, shame on me for not understanding the prompting of the Holy Spirit back then. But uh, she took it on herself to go talk to this family member. And, you know, that we can feel stupid. We can feel like we don't have the right words come out of our mouth. And, and I, I, I'm pointing my fingers at me because I have that thought a lot of the time. But the Holy Spirit will take whatever you say, how you say it, even if it's in incomplete sentences in, and just broken words, whatever, and touch the other person's heart with God's word. Don't blame yourself for, for lack of better terms, being stupid about it, if you're sharing the gospel, it does not matter how eloquent you are. You know, Paul himself said that he didn't come in eloquence of, of speech and um, uh, just my paraphrasing because uh, I, I didn't have time to, to look at the, the verse. This all just came to me, but he didn't come in like excellence of, of speech and excellence of, of physical attributes, whatever. Uh, he just, he presented the word of God and people were saved. You don't have to be a Billy Graham or a speaker of the house. You just share from your heart. That's all God's asking. That's all God is telling us to do. It is the simple things that can get to the heart. So we're talking about believers' authority, and we're talking about how to pray for the loss. And right now we got two ways of praying for the loss that we talked about so far in Andrew's teaching. The first one is pray for laborers. The second one that we just read in this section is praying that the word that they've already heard will come back to the remembrance. And you can pray that again and again and again so they, the word that they have heard. Maybe they heard it as a child. Maybe they heard it last week. Maybe they just heard it from here. But you can keep praying that the word that they did here will keep coming back to the remembrance. At the same point in time, Andrew echoes what we've been saying. Sherry said it a little while ago, and then uh, Andrew says again, um, uh, 
Right, let me just read it part of this. Father, I pray that the word that they heard when they were a kid in Sunday school would come back to them. Somehow they must receive the incredible word of, see the word of God. Then offer yourself as a vessel. It's very ineffective to pray, Oh God, send laborers across your path if you're not willing to be one. If you have an opportunity to tell them the, the truth, take it. Do it. You know, if like Andrew says, if God told him right then and there to go go and talk to somebody, he's going to drop what he's doing. You know, if you're in the middle of your devotions and prayer time and God tells you to go talk to somebody, well, you can even stop your devotions and go and call, you know. If, if I had a job and my boss tells me what to do or my parents, <coughs> should I obey instantly? I mean, why wait? What's, what are you waiting for? Uh, and I understand we're spending time with God, but you can spend time with God 24-7. <laughs> you know? But if God tells you to call somebody and do something, do it. I'm not just talking about obedience to, uh, to earning your way to heaven. I'm talking about if he's your Lord, obey him. Listen to him. You're praying for God to send a laborer, and God tells you to go. He just sent a laborer. <laughs> and that was instant. That was an instant answer to prayer. So if God tells you to pray for laborers, but you as a laborer is not willing to go, then I, why are you hindering God's answer to your prayer? It's the same as if you pray for another laborer to go, and that laborer refuses to go. And sometimes, we, why do we need to keep praying for laborers to go? Because people are all the time refusing to go. And there's, there's, the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. It's not because there's not enough available laborers in one sense. There's a lot of people chickening out. There's a lot of people not willing to. There's a lot of people not want, don't, they don't want to be rejected. A lot of people don't want to look like a fool. They don't want to look like a Jesus freak. Whatever the, there's all kinds of answers. Now, we need to be willing to go. And, uh, you know, the early church, when they were rejected, they prayed for more boldness. You know, so they were so they were told not to speak anymore. They just took that to God in prayer. Lord, give us boldness, despite uh, the law of the land that says we can't preach anymore. And they just went out and preached all the more. And so, uh, and they started either a riot or a, a, a revival. And so, uh, and so we need to obey what God tells us to do. And go and do it. So, so far we, we've learned two ways of how to uh, pray for the lost. One is pray for laborers. And second is pray for the, the scripture that the seed, that seed <coughs> that they did here would come to remembrance. It's a seed. So what are you doing by praying for, the, for that kind of remembrance? You're watering that seed. It's a seed. And so, uh, water that seed. Now we're going to look at a third way that we can pray for the lost. And you can do both of these, all three of these, simultaneously at the same time. So, and you can keep doing all three of these over and over again. Stand against the devil. That's in this part. Also, you can take your authority and stand against the devil, in whom the God of this world, God little g, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. This verse reveals that a demonic power operates in people who don't believe, blinding them to the truth so that the light of the gospel won't shine unto them. God needs someone in a physical body to take their authority and release his power, saying, I command this demonic blindness and hardened heart to be gone in Jesus' name. Now, I need to clarify something here, and please listen to Andrew. Now I need to clarify something here. Because you are praying for another person who has their own free will, you may need to pray these things for them again and again. This isn't praying in unbelief because they may be negating your prayer by exercising their own free will. Let's say you pray for this person, breaking the blindness and hardness of heart. God opens up their heart and all of a sudden this deception is gone and the word is coming to them. They're remembering scriptures and people are coming across their path. Still, if that person isn't ready to repent and receive, they'll reject this conviction and drawing of the Holy Spirit. 
their own free will has more power and authority over them than you do. So even though you've prayed for them and you know it's working, they have the right to reject Christ. If they do, then you have to pray that prayer again. It's not that you prayed one of those prayers in unbelief. You believe that your you believe that your prayer was answered, and it was, but the person hasn't responded yet. Pray in faith again, releasing your faith for God to minister to them and break that blindness so they can see the Christ. Hopefully, as they are hit with the gospel a number of times, it will eventually penetrate and begin to soak in. The reason you have to pray this kind of prayer over and over again is due to the fact that the other person is constantly voiding your prayer by hardening their heart. Okay, so there's a couple of very powerful things that are being taught here in this uh, last section that we're uh, reading here in chapter, uh, chapter 13. Uh, so we talked about three ways to pray so far. We talked about we can pray for laborers. The second one, we can pray for the scripture that we have heard, the seed, would come to remember it. And the third one we're praying is to stand against the devil. Let's deal with this uh, real quick. One of the key verses that he uses here is from 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, it says, Whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious, glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Satan is blinding people from hearing the gospel. And uh, a few verses just before, this is 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 14 to 16, Paul talks about how it's, uh, the, the people's eyes are blinded. What are they blinded by? And, and in context, he's talking about the law. But the, he says there's only way to, one way to remove that blinder, and that's to preach Christ. There's only one way to expel darkness, and that's to turn on the light. Okay, now the, the, the devil is sometimes blinding people from hearing the gospel. They're covering, blinding their ears and their eyes from hearing and seeing the gospel. And we can pray not only that God will send laborers and not only that the scripture can come to remembrance, but we can pray that those blinders be removed. We have authority over the devil. Well, I mean, if you've been listening to my message on Sunday mornings, God has given authority to the church. He's put all things underneath our feet. Every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age that's to come, over every principality and power, and we have authority to tell the devil to remove those blinders. Okay? We can pray for laborers. We can pray for the seed, the, the, the seed of... Uh, uh, Come to remembrance that, that, that they've heard. But we can also pray for the blindness to be removed. However, there's a fourth category here. It's not another way of praying. But even though you do all those three prayers, <coughs> specifically the last one, but even if you do the other three, and I can, you can do, if someone rejects the gospel, you know, even though you pray, for laborers, even though you pray for the scripture to come and remember us, even though you pray for the devil to remove the blinders, God has given everyone a free will. And they have the free will to reject what you preach. So what you got to do? You got to pray those three prayers again. You got to keep praying them until they receive it. Okay? Uh, and, and some of you might think, well, this sounds like performance. It's not performance. It's called believer's authority. It's called praying for the lost. It's called praying for one another. People have an opportunity to reject it. But what you got to do? They got to hear it again, or they got to be reminded again. They got to have those blinders removed again. Okay? Uh, people have the right to reject the gospel. We I think it's wrong to shove it down their throat. It's not, <coughs> they're gonna, if sometimes some people have rejected the gospel, like I said a minute ago, because of how they're preaching it. You might be preaching the right message. And you might be doing it out of love, but they're not seeing it as love. They're seeing it as a nag. And they're just like, wow, get out of my face, so to speak. Uh, and so, you know, they're not so much rejecting the message, they're rejecting the messenger. <laughs> you know, at that same point in time, you can say it in the most loving, passionate way, and some people will still reject it. Okay, they have that right. So what are you going to do? 
you gotta pray that the seed that they have heard comes and remembers. You gotta keep praying that the devil remove the blinders, that they get over themselves, they get over their pride. It's a only pride only contention only comes by pride. So even their contention with the gospel, even their contention rejecting, only comes by pride. And, and there's so many other scriptures I can I can piggyback on so many different angles of this. But we keep we keep praying for maybe maybe they didn't like that messenger. Maybe that messenger <coughs> they didn't jive with. I don't know about you, but I don't jive with everybody. I wish I did. Some people just rub me wrong. We call those sandpaper people. Okay? Not every personality connects with every personality. Okay? I don't connect with... There's some pe pastors and preachers out there that some people love, and I just can't stand them. And I'm not against them. I'm not even saying they're preaching the wrong message. I just can't stand their personality. And so they're not my preacher of choice. Okay? Uh, but there are others that I do enjoy and I do receive from. And, you know, sometimes we need to pray for labor. Maybe we need to pray for another one. You know? Uh, the scriptures the, the, the come to remembrance. The... the, the, the the, the blinders come up. Sometimes we got to keep praying these three prayers over and over again. You know, because they, why? Because they keep, not because they, not because the three prayers that we prayed didn't work. God sent a laborer. God brought it to the remembrance. God, the, the, the devil uh, removed the blinders, but they rejected it again. And they have that right. God gave them that right. You can't oppose that right that God gave them a right to a free will. Okay. We are not pu pu we are not puppets. We are not robots. If, if if salvation was forced on us, that's not love. If salvation is not a choice, it's not love. Okay, the fact that he gave us a choice it means it is love. We can choose to go to. No one is sent to hell. People choose hell. Okay, God's not. Uh, either you go to be with Jesus or you go to, be, go to hell. There's only two, two options. Either you have Jesus or you don't have Jesus. But we keep praying these prayers over and over again until they receive. And, and if they reject it, going to hell, they reject it not because you didn't pray, not because God didn't answer prayer, because they chose it on their own. Okay? And you can, nobody can over, uh, uh, choose it for them. You also can't reject it for them by not being a laborer. You can't reject it for them by not praying. You can't reject it for them, but you also can't make them. God can't make them. God's already saved the whole world, but the whole world hasn't received it because not the whole world hasn't accepted the message. But we can keep praying these things until they receive. And that's not a guarantee that everyone's going to receive because they may reject it until Jesus comes. That is their right. That is pity. That is horrible. That's the most horrible thing they could ever do. They are a fool for rejecting the message. But, you know, you, you, you can't force them. But you can keep praying these three prayers. And, you know, they're, they're going to have so much that they are making a conscious decision to reject the gospel or receive the gospel. Uh, and so, uh, now, when I say we keep praying these prayers and keep you know, praying for God to send laborers, and we keep praying, maybe we're in the labor, and we keep going to them over and over again. You know, again, I think if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to push it down the throat, uh, that won't work. At the same point in time, there's a, there's a difference between being pushy and being persistent. There's a difference. Uh, I think there's a fine line between those two. But at the same point in time, uh, you know, I, I worked for a very short time at a furniture store, and uh, I did okay with sales, but uh, I had this one couple come in, and for whatever reason, we didn't connect. And I knew I could tell they were they weren't they weren't just looking. They were they were wanting to buy that night, but for some reason, I didn't connect with them. And I I was gonna not. I didn't feel like I did anything wrong. I was trying to, but uh, they just didn't like my style or whatever. And they were going to walk out if I didn't uh, do something. So I actually I asked one of my coworkers to see if they wanted to give it a try. Because it's commissioned. Right? I'm not going to get in there. I'm losing a sale. I already lost a sale. So I'm not going to get it anyway. But I can at least let my coworker hopefully get a sale. And uh, she ended up getting the sale. Uh, she jived with him. Sometimes some people just want to work with a female. Some people just want to work with a male. You know, 
Or they're, they're taking me all different reasons, you know. I have to learn sometimes not to take it personal. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not even personal. Sometimes they just didn't connect with you and it's okay. There's plenty of harvest out there. <laughs> okay, there's plenty of fish. Okay, maybe this one didn't jive with you. Maybe this family member is not jiving with you. But there's plenty of fish out there. Pray for God to send a labor that they will connect with. And, and you go minister to someone that, 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 that you can connect with. That's awesome. You know, this is how, how God made it work. And it works. And just because it rejected doesn't mean God didn't answer your prayer. It doesn't mean your prayer wasn't effective. They have a right to reject the gospel. And you have to be mindful of that. But if you keep these three prayers in mind, you know, you've got three, three uh, wep weapons, if you will, of your warfare as authority. You have the, as authority, you have authority to pray these three prayers. You do not have authority to force it on them. You don't have a force to, to uh, they, ha they also have the, the right to reject it or accept it. <coughs> that is everybody's right. Nobody can reject it for somebody else, and nobody can accept it for somebody else. We all get to choose, we receive the gospel, receive Jesus, or reject him. We all get that choice. But we have authority to pray these prayers. And we have authority to pray however we, how long we need to, however long it takes. Okay? As long as they are still breathing, they still have a choice. Okay? And so, uh, anyway... And, you know, I know this might be hard for some people to hear, and they might think that Dave and I, or even Andrew, is getting on them. That is not the case. The reason why, why we might sound firm, or however you want to describe it, us, is that this is very serious business. It's life and death for some people. It's, it's, exactly. It's salvation, and it's definitely... I mean, this is life and death, to quote Dave, what he just said now. If people don't hear the gospel, we've just, and, and we had a part to play in it, and we, for whatever reason, reason, chose not to, we just condemned them to death. This is a very serious responsibility that Jesus gave to the church, and he wouldn't have given to the church if he didn't believe that we could do it. Jesus did his part. He provided salvation at the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son. We are to go and and share the gospel. Uh, and I mean, this is serious. This is this is a heavy business, uh, if I could put it that way. And again, Dave and I don't point fingers at anybody. We. If any fingers pointing is done, we're also preaching to ourselves. Uh, we share from our own experience. We teach what is on our hearts. Uh, we we highly uh, esteem Andrew's teaching because we believe that he has words of life to share, and and he has some stuff that we've had to change our own. Uh, stinking thinking or religious thinking to think different. I mean, just Andrew's uh, teaching on the right way to pray for lost people, uh, how we can't just pray them into salvation. Uh, you know, th that's some stuff we all need to listen to. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've repeated myself several times already just this Bible study. God already provided a way for salvation through Jesus Christ. He does not need to do anything else. He's already done it. He has provided a way. The only way uh, for salvation is through Jesus Christ. But he has equipped us. He has given us the Holy Spirit. Uh, he has man. He has sent, mandated, commissioned, however you want to say it, us to go out and preach the gospel. He has given us the word of God. Uh, I know I already said it. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us words of life that we can speak. You know, uh, when Jesus was walking with his, his disciples, uh, he, he had some other disciples uh, walk away, and he turns to the 12, and he says, how come you're still following me? And Peter pipes up, and he's like, 
You're the only one with origin life. You're the only one. And folks, we are the only ones that have that word of life that Jesus gave to us to share with the world. Awesome. Well, we are out of time uh, for tonight. And we will pick this up next week. We're going to be going to chapter 14 next week. 14 uh, next week. Uh, and we'll be talking about how does revival come. So we'll get, uh, and so uh, we're going to be kind of continuing on the thought of praying for the lost, but from another uh, perspective and angle. So anyway, uh, well, you guys have a blessed week. We will see you Sunday. We start at 11.15 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we're going to be talking about, again, uh, the four prayers of Paul, specifically uh, the prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. So we'll be there this week. Uh, we'll see you then. All right, God bless.